BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Welcome back to another live episode of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast coming to you on this Thursday afternoon. And we've got plenty to get stuck into today. We're going to be discussing the news with regards to Richard Garlick's new role at Arsenal Football Club. We're going to be discussing the return of Thomas Partey. Plus, we'll bring you the latest on Nuno Tavares's future. And we're going to, of course, as always, uh, I should say, uh, take some of your thoughts and questions from the live chat. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Apologies that we're recording at a slightly later time. It's been a really, really busy day at 90 Min HQ. Um, we've been filming um, some really fun content uh, which is going to be out with you guys, of course, uh, next week. So I'm looking forward to uh, to sharing the links to that and stuff. And uh, yeah, been running around like a madman. Thought about actually skipping the pod today. I have to be honest, if I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys, I did think, oh, I'm all talked out. It's been a really busy day. We've been working on lots of videos. I'm going to go home. I'm going to put my feet up. But then I started to think about it. And actually, when I've been moaning about what a kind of slow news a uh, few weeks we've had because of the winter break, because of the FA Cup, because of Arsenal not being in action and there being big gaps between our games. I can't then pass up the opportunity to speak and to record when there's actually something worthwhile discussing. So here we are uh, with quite a bit to get into today, and I'm really, really looking forward uh, to doing so. Big hello to Steve, uh, to Temi, to Pikahu, to Glenn, uh, to Matt, and to everybody else joining us in the live chat at the moment. If you're watching this back on replay, please do leave a like, subscribe, 
You know the drill by now. Uh, if you are listening to us on whatever audio platform, please do leave us a review as well. That really, really does help. But we're going to start off today by discussing Richard Garlick, who is taking up a new role at the Arsenal going forward. So Richard Garlick has been appointed as Arsenal's new managing director. That's the role that he is taking up at the football club. If I just uh, share the article with you that went out on Arsenal.com earlier, you can take a look. Richard Garlick appointed managing director, and this was announced this morning. Uh, the club go on to say, we're pleased to announce our director of football operations. Richard Garlick will take the role of Arsenal's managing director in the summer of 2024. Richard will step into the new role when chief executive officer Vinay Venkatesham leaves uh, following the announcement of his decision to step down last year. Uh, Richard Garlick is a respected leader and qualified lawyer. He's uh, held a number of high-profile roles in the industry before coming to Arsenal in 2021 as the Director of Football Operations, where he has executive responsibility for all football operations and administration across the club, including women's football and player care. Uh, he, of course, joined us uh, from the Premier League, where he was director of football after occupying a number of roles at West Bromwich Albion, where he was also appointed to the board of directors in 2010. If I take you through uh, what Josh Cronkey has had to say on this, he says Richard is recognised and respected across the industry for his vast experience. And we were delighted when he joined us back in 2021 to take our football strategy to the next level. He's made an enormous impact since joining us, working closely with our sporting director, Edu, on the development and implementation of the club's football strategy. He has developed strong relationships right across the club and wider industry. Rich has been key to the progress we've made as a club, including recent transfers, and I'm thrilled he will now lead our executive team and continue to drive the club forward with passion. This is what Mr. Garlic himself had to say. He said, since joining Arsenal in 2021, I've had the privilege to be involved with almost every aspect of this incredible club. I'm excited to take us forward in my new role as we move into the next phase of delivering the vision of our owners, Stan and Josh. I'd like to thank the board for the support they've given me and Edu for his support as I pursued this opportunity. I'd also like to thank Vinay for his leadership and contribution to the club over the last 14 years. I look forward to continuing to work with them all as I transition into this new role and drive the club forward. So that's the club statement. Now you can go on the Arsenal website and you can read a little bit more about Richard Garlick. It goes into a lot more detail about his history, about what he's doing at Arsenal and all the rest of it. We're not going to go through that now live on the podcast. But I guess for those of you that are watching or listening, you're probably wondering whether I think this is a positive or negative if it's the kind of news that just makes you go, meh, well, to me, this is a positive and I'll explain why. I think that there's no doubt that since Richard Garlick came into Arsenal Football Club, we've improved in a number of key aspects. So we've improved in terms of um, our recruitment overall as a football club. We've had more hits than misses. Uh, I would argue, since he's come in, especially when it comes to the big money signings. I know people are going to be screaming at their um, headphones or, or, or at their TVs if they're watching this on the YouTube app or whatever, saying, what about Kai Havertz? Well, Kai Havertz could still be a success at Arsenal. And I would argue, you know, maybe hasn't been the, the crazy success that we hoped, but he's certainly been 
a decent acquisition. And if you take the fee out of the equation for a minute and just focus on his performances, I think he has done quite well, actually. Um, I know a lot of you will disagree with that, but that's my view on it. But I think we've got much better at recruitment. I think we've got much better at not allowing ourselves to get into the situation whereby key players, his contracts are running down, are, um, you know, are, are at a point where it's dangerous for us as a football club in terms of the value of our asset. You know, we've seen that happen so many times before uh, in the past, particularly under Arsene Wenger, where key players... Um, you know, were were not signing contract extensions. Therefore, their value was never protected. And when we got to a point where we reached that crossroads where a decision had to be made one way or the other, keep them or let them go, um, we were often forced to let them go and we were often forced to accept way below what probably their market value was as a player, given the talent. And I'm talking the likes of Robin Van Persie. I'm talking your likes of Alexis Sanchez. We never, ever did a good enough job of protecting ourselves against the threat of other clubs coming in and turning our players' heads. And at a time where we weren't as competitive as we wanted to be, that was a big, big issue for us. We've been so proactive of late. Even somebody like Aaron Ramsdale, who might not have a future at Arsenal Football Club, who clearly isn't the number one goalkeeper at the club anymore, we took steps even probably when Mikel Arteta and co. knew that they were eyeing up a move for David Raya we still took that step to make sure that we tied him down to a contract, which now protects his value. We did it with, um, with Ben White. You know, we've done it with Martin Odegaard. We've done it with Bukayo Saka. We've done it with Gabriel Martinelli. We've done it with William Saliba. We've done it with so many players. We're proactive in that department now, whereas in the past we were reactive. We'd get to that point where we'd go, uh-oh, their contract's running down. We have to do something. And often we were doing it under duress we were putting ourselves in a situation where we were either having to overpay to keep hold of them, like with Aubameyang or like with Mesa Ozil, or we were just running it down to the point where, you know, there was a standoff. They weren't budging. We weren't budging. And we were always going to have to accept lower than the market value, given the talent that those players had in the in the transfer market. So I think Richard Garlic has made a positive impact at the football club. I think our relationship with the Premier League, not the PGMOL, with the Premier League, is better as a result of having Richard Garlick, a former Premier League employee, within the ranks. Um, they made reference in that statement to his industry-wide contacts, and that is obviously very helpful when you want to go and do deals, um, when you want to, you know, gauge, you know, the opinion of other clubs when you're going into some of these Premier League votes, for example, around very, very important issues. So I think that he's done us good. Now, this role is a different role to the one that he's been working in so far. But from the way I understand it, he'll have a lot of the same responsibilities. I believe from what I've heard and from what I've been told that Richard Garlick has done a really good job of putting some processes in place, some protocols in place that will protect us against some of the threats that we faced in years gone by. You could argue that his job is done in, in some degree when it comes to his previous role, because he's put things in place that should protect us, as I say, against those issues. But I think this is a role that is a lot more all-encompassing. I think this is a role that will include some of the responsibilities he had in his previous one, um, but also gives him just a little bit more power, a little bit more control at the football club. It's obvious that he has a really, really good relationship with Edu. It's obvious that he has a really, really good relationship with Mikel Arteta. That reference about um, Edu 
giving him support in his pursuit of this role, I think was a really important part that I kind of took out of that statement, which is to say, yep, you know what? Me and Edu are on the same page. We do see things the same way. And we're going to continue to work together to better this club. Since 2021, this club has improved. Like there's no question about that in every aspect. We're better on the pitch. We're much smarter off the pitch. The mood around the club is better. There's so many positive things that have really transpired in the period that Richard Garlick has been at the football club. That's not to say that every single thing is down to him, that he was the magic stardust that we sprinkled over the football club that allowed it to flourish and get back to closer to where we all want it to be. Um, But I really do think that, um, you know, we're in a we're in a good place now. And I think he's been a big part of that journey to getting to this better place. And so to reward him with a more all encompassing role and essentially what feels like a promotion is the right thing. Obviously, the dynamic that we had at the football club previously, um, you know, has has worked quite well. Don't underestimate the role that Vinay Venkateshwam's played. I think he's been really good at creating those connections with the fan groups. He's been one of the people that's been very visible from the club's perspective and and involved in a lot of those conversations that have taken place between Arsenal and various fan groups. So I think Vinay's role was was an important one. And obviously, with the right guidance and under the right leadership, he's obviously um, been a far better influence on the club than he was maybe in his first few years um, at the Arsenal. But obviously with him going, that's it's really interesting that Arsenal have decided to address that in this way, rather than going, well, Vinay's leaving, we have to directly appoint a replacement for Vinay. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you can restructure, um, you can use resource to do stuff in a different way, and it can still be beneficial to you. Um, Vinay was, or is, at least until the end of the season, the chief executive officer. Now, Richard Garlick is becoming Arsenal's managing director, so it's not a like-for-like. It is a different role, but clearly the club feel that he can take on those responsibilities, that we can fill that gap, fill that hole, actually, um, by by bringing somebody in um, into a different role but that gives him obviously the power to do what needs to be done in what Vinay's remit would have been, but also to be able uh, to do other things and influence other things. So I'm really pleased with this. I mean, it's not the breaking transfer news that every Arsenal fan uh, was desperate to uh, hear when they woke up this morning, but it is a positive and it is something that we should be uh, pleased about. I think, let me know your thoughts in, um, in the comments. Steve Bright says, let's all just hope that Garlic does a far better job in his new one Uh, than he did in his old role. I I completely disagree with this, Steve. I'm not really sure which part of Richard Garlick's role you think he failed at necessarily. And listen, I'm happy to take examples of where people think that maybe he could have done better or where maybe people think that he kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But I... I would challenge anyone who, who feels that way, and, and it's not to say that you're, you're not entitled to feel that way, Steve, but I would challenge you to, to give me an example of what you think has been done badly um, that falls specifically under Richard Garlick's remit. Uh, what else have we got in uh, the live chat? Uh, ben says more distractions from no signings. I mean, you could look at it as the club's way of... of putting out a bit of a distraction. But my response to that would be this. We all knew that Vinay Venkateshwam was leaving from it from last year. 
Um, you know, that that didn't come as a surprise. A lot of us that sort of cover the club and, and work in and around it at times, um, and I'm not talking internally, I'm talking reporting on the club, covering the club. A lot of us heard whispers that Vinay was going to leave at the end of the season way before it was even announced and way before the club made that public. At some point, he was going to be replaced. Um, at some point, you know, somebody was going to to come in either in his role or in a, a new role and more all-encompassing role that would cover his responsibilities as well. The fact that this has been announced is, you know, I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's something that, um, you know, was going to come out of the woodwork. And make no mistake about it, this would have been worked on over a long period of time. Um, you you know, you have to get to the point where everybody's kind of happy and, and, and ready to go with regards to all the finer details and stuff like that. Is it a distraction? Some people might take it that way. For me, we always knew that Vinay was moving on and we always knew that something was going to have to change upstairs with regards to the structure to accommodate that. So I'm not I'm not taking it uh, in that way. Um, winning ways has been really critical. He says, we brought players this summer to win and now we're in the transfer period. We are planning to bring players in the summer to win next year. And I bet it'll be the same story next January. Pointless. They're sending us round in circles. The Arsenal board have no intentions of winning. It's not hard to see. I mean, that's a whole wider discussion, right? That's a whole wider debate. Maybe we should do a show on that at some point and maybe we should get some guests on and we should have the discussion and the debate. But I don't understand this kind of reaction off the back of news like this, like, you know, I can understand why people are saying, oh, it's about the transfers and, you know, we, we don't have the depth or we don't have the quality and therefore we're going to fall short. I can understand that kind of pessimism, but to kind of be sent into this spiral and wave of negative emotion because Arsenal have given a new role to someone that's actually done quite well in the role that he was brought into the club to do. I don't see how that sparks a negative reaction, but that's just me. Um, Lalietia says, uh, good points, Harry, but how do you differentiate between Edu and Richard's involvement in deciding when to give contracts? To me, that's Edu's role. So there's a bit of a clue in the Arsenal statement that they've put out. So what they say is that his, uh, let me just find this bit and I'll highlight it to you exactly. Bear, bear with me one second. Um, so he has responsibility for the overall football operation. Richard Garlic, but the football operation doesn't just consist of what happens on the pitch. Um, it's about academy setups. It's about, um, you know, the, the strategies that we, you know, apply when it comes to recruitment, all the rest of it. So he'll have a, a, a role in which, from which he oversees the overall footballing operation. But there's a key word in here, uh, which is administration. Now, Edu is a football man. And that's what we all love about him. That's why we think he's done such a good job so far, more generally, because he is a football man who understands football, who understands what it's like to be at the top of the game, to be um, a part of a successful, not just a football club, but Arsenal football club, having been there and done it in his playing days. And, you know, Edu would be the one that would look at a player, for example, and say, Good fit, bad fit. Richard Garlic, from where I understand it and from how I understand it, would then take on the administrative part. So the, the 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 part of the deal that is financial, that is contractual, that is legal, all of that stuff 
would fall under Richard Garlick's remit. Edu is a sporting director because of his football brain and because of his football knowledge, not because he's a great administrator. You know, he's not a lawyer. Um, he doesn't have that intricate knowledge of that side of those transactions that Richard Garlick would. So that's how I read their um, their responsibilities and or, or at least how in my head I divide up Edu's and Richard Garlick's. Um, but that's that's how I see it. Uh, what else have we got? Robert Field says uh, Eddie will be over the moon with the news when he returns from his holiday. I hope he's having loads of barbecues because it seems to boil people's piss for some reason. The guy uh, isn't allowed to have a barbecue, apparently, uh, when the transfer windows open. Anyway, um, Tom says the progression of garlic seems to be logical. I almost think we will be more well-placed with the Premier League and from a compliance standpoint. That's another really good point that Tom makes. Compliance with the profit and sustainability rules is of paramount importance now. It really, really is. We've seen punishments dished out to the likes of Everton. We're probably going to see more punishments dished out um, to Nottingham Forest and maybe to Everton again. Clubs that have been sailing really close to the wind have wound it right back in in terms of this January. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Window. You can sit there as Arsenal fans and moan and cry and whinge about the fact that Arsenal aren't spending any money in this window, seemingly. But we're not the only ones, and there's a reason for that, because there is a there's a shift that has happened which has put all of the league in a position where they now need to watch themselves. To have somebody who is a lawyer, who is across all of that stuff, but also has an incredibly strong relationship with the Premier League because of his previous connections, is beneficial to the football club, even more so at a time like this. So I think Tom makes a really great point when he references the compliance part and our standing with the Premier League as a football club, given that we've got one of the main men that used to work and operate at the Premier League now representing us. Okay, uh, what else have we got? Big hello to Alex Jones, who says, finally got you live. Welcome, mate. Uh, good to see you in the chat. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, JC says, well said, Harry, mate. Thank you uh, so much. Tom goes on to say, I'm sorry, I only see garlic's progression as a positive. I completely agree with this. I, I really, really do. Um, what else have we got? Just rolling through uh, the live comments. Look, there's no problem with people having a different opinion on this. I haven't got an issue with that. But if you've got a different opinion, come in the chat and give us some reasons. Like, let me know what you think it is specifically. 
that maybe Richard Garlic hasn't done well, has done well maybe, uh, maybe has dropped the ball on, please let me know. And I'm happy to discuss and debate with you. Um, this isn't one of those places where we shut down every voice that isn't the same as ours. But I want some valid points coming at me rather than people just going, oh, I hope he does a better job in this one than he did in the last one. Or Eddie's on holiday because Arsenal aren't busy in the transfer window. Like all of that stuff is just, it's so childish. It really, really is, guys. Come on. Okay, we're going to take a really, really short pause. When we return, we're going to discuss the return of a really, really important player for Arsenal. Someone I think could be huge in terms of us finishing the season strongly. Thomas Partey is back in training. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. If you haven't done so already, please do leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand new, if you're consuming the content via YouTube. If you're listening to us on audio, please do leave us a review as well. That really, really does help. Okay, Thomas Partey is back, baby. Thomas Partey is back in training, which is what we've all been waiting an age to see. Now, I know a lot of people have suggested that he's been back in training actually for a little while and that what Arsenal have been doing is being very careful and very, um, you know, almost trying to keep their cards close to their chest. There have been some suggestions that Arsenal um, didn't want Thomas Partey's return to be a talking point, really, until the AFCON was out of the way from fear of him going, uh, pushing himself too hard because of his want to play for his national team, because of their want, of course, to, to get him into the picture, that we'd end up losing him again for a period of time. I think he's so important to Arsenal Football Club. But for the first time, really, um, this afternoon, the club went out on social media. Welcome back, Thomas. They posted this picture of the Ghanaian midfielder, who's just become a dad, by the way, as well. Congratulations, to the Partey family for that. Um, he was back on the training pitch. He looks like he's ready to go. Will he be in the squad for Nottingham Forest on Tuesday? I'm not sure. I would love to turn up at the city ground on Tuesday night and see that he's at least made the squad. I don't think I'd, I'd start him necessarily um, straight away. I think you'd want to kind of ease him back in because of his importance. And I talked about the need to kind of protect him a little bit because of how long he's been out, because of his tendency to break down. But I think this for Arsenal is is huge. Like, I don't want to use that old cliche of he's like a new signing, but this really is massive for Arsenal. I think he'll bring the balance to Arteta's midfield that at times we've been missing this season. I think defensively, he's excellent. And with him and Rice at times sitting in front of Saliba and Gabriel, when we require that extra bit of solidity, will be a tough old unit to break down. But for me, it's his offensive influence, even from a deep position, um, that is the key. He's so press resistant and his incredible range of passing, to me, will make the world of difference. He's key to getting the ball into our forward players nice and early. And his return is a much welcome boost for the Gunners going into the business end of the season. Am I doing an Arsene Wenger by saying, you know... Um, it's it's a new signing, maybe a little bit, but we've been without this guy all campaign long. And that's the reality of it. And I think that Mikel Arteta's plans were scuppered by the fact that not just him, but that Jurian Timber was out as well. I know people keep referencing the fact that he played a couple of games at the start of the season as a right back. And to me, that was strange as well. But I honestly do believe that if you get Thomas Partey back into that midfield, 
with Declan Rice, with Martin Odegaard, we are a completely different animal. We are a, a much better team. I would say that we're 30% better as a team because I think Thomas Partey is key to so many elements of what we do. I talked about the defensive um, ability, but the progressive passing bit for me is the, the main thing. To be able to get that ball into Saka, into Martinelli, into Odegaard, into Jesus, that bit earlier is huge, particularly when you face low blocks. And I don't think there's anybody better in the business than Thomas Partey at doing that from that deep position. I think Declan Rice is a fantastic midfielder in his own right, but he's not the same as Thomas Partey. He's a different type of player. He has a different skill set. Thomas Partey really does, when he's fit and on song, have it all. And that's why I'm desperate to see him back in the side. And if we have to wait another couple of weeks to kind of blend him back in um, in the right way, in a safe way, in a way that means that we have him in our ranks for the business end of the campaign, then so be it. But just to see the club go public on him being back in training is an encouraging sign. We'd heard whispers, we'd heard murmurs, we'd heard rumours. But to have that now put out in the public domain by the football club when they've been really cautious about talking about him for a little while is a real positive. And I cannot wait to see him back in the side. Uh, what have we got? Um, Maximius says, uh, Arteta needs to manage his minutes very carefully. Uh, Partey is important if we're to finish the season strong, both in the Premier League and in the UEFA Champions League. You're absolutely right, mate. Um, I think for me, you know, you, you look at certain games and you think, okay, you know, at home to bottom half of the table opposition, for example, stick Kai Havertz in the midfield. Let one of Rice or Partey play as the six and we'll probably get away with it. And we could do with actually that little bit more of attacking intent because we're likely to face a low block. When you go away, though, to some of the places that we're going to have to go away to in the second part of the season, we've got to go to Tottenham. We've got to go to Man United right at the end of the campaign. Um you know, there's a few there's a few big places that we need to go. We've got to go to Man City. You want to have that ability to put Rice and Partey in the same midfield. Allow Rice to, to come off the leash at times and go forward and join in with attacks and carry the ball and drive in the way that we all know he can. But also to have that flexibility of then saying to someone like Declan Rice, we're under a bit of pressure here. We need to weather the storm for the next five, six minutes. Drop in alongside Partey. Play as a double pivot. You're both defensively incredibly sound. You're both able to set us off on counter-attacks, but in different ways. Rice can get the ball and carry it out of dangerous situations. Thomas Partey can do that too, but he's more of a passer. Thomas Partey is the type of guy that knows what he wants to do before he's received the ball and can ping it accurately right, left, through the middle and get us on our way. Steve Stone says, given the choice between a new striker signing or a fit Partey, I'd take Partey all day long. I would too. I really would. Cesar says, Partey being back feels like a new signing. And I was really careful about using that term because it is a bit of a cliche and people will beat you up with it because they'll make it out or they'll take it as though you're defending the fact that there are no signings coming. But to me, this is massive, massive news and I am buzzing about it. And I hope to see him in the squad on Tuesday um, with him sort of gradually uh, blended back into the team and, and gradually uh, with him becoming 
one of our key players again because I've waited all season to see that midfield trio um, connected and working together. We didn't get it in the first few games. We were denied it by Arteta's decision to play Partey at right back. Um, and then we've been denied it because of the injury problems that the Ghanaians had. But hopefully we're over that now. Fingers crossed. OK, um, we're going to take another short pause and we're going to touch on the future of Nuno Tavares. And then I'm going to take a few of your questions from the live chat. So start getting him in the chat box. Uh, not long to go on today's episode, but we still got a few more bits to cover. Like, subscribe, all the rest of it. You know the drill by now. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. <laughs> OK, welcome back. Let's bring you the latest on the future of Nuno Tavash. I think that's how you're supposed to say it, uh, Nuno Tavash. Um, this is an interesting one. Um, he's a player that I don't think personally has a future at Arsenal. He's a player that we uh, brought in for relatively cheap. I think we got him for about £8 million, pounds, um, which isn't a great deal of money in today's market. Um He's on loan at Nottingham Forest. Hasn't really worked out for him there. I just want to have a quick look at how much he's played. Because, I, I mean, I've seen Forest a few times and I can't ever remember him really um, being in the side or, or having any sort of impact. He's made just, what, two appearances in the Cup and four appearances in the Premier League. He hasn't been... Um, let's, let's have a quick look at this. Let me just break this down. He's not even been in the squad um, for a large portion of this season. He's been on the bench. Um, he was on the bench against Bournemouth, Newcastle and Man United. Didn't get on and then played away at Brentford. Um, so he is somebody that's very much been on the peripheries. It's fair to say that this deal hasn't worked out. Look, before he came back to Arsenal and then was sent out to Nottingham Forest, he had quite a good spell at Marseille particularly at the beginning of that spell. He was getting forward, he was scoring goals, he was impacting games. And people were saying, what on earth have Arsenal done allowing this lad to go? But he is one of those players that as much as he can bring you the delights of the game, he can frustrate the living hell out of you as well. And he started to do that at the back end of his time at Marseille. And that was why I think at the time there was no intention really on their part of making that a permanent deal. He's gone to Nottingham Forest. It hasn't worked out. But Marseille are said to be interested in bringing Nuno Tavares back to the club. They want him on a permanent transfer, according to reports. And Arsenal are more than willing to let this deal happen. Arsenal are open to selling Nuno Tavares right now. However, when it comes to his loan deal at Nottingham Forest, there is no break clause that Arsenal can exercise, which obviously needs to happen for them to be able to sell him to Olympic Marseille before the end of this window. We're running out of time. And at the moment, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, at the moment, there is no intention on Nottingham Forest's side for this to happen. Hopefully it does. Hopefully there can be some kind of agreement. Can Arsenal um, offer up a fee to Nottingham Forest, a small fee, obviously, to break the deal and then that be offset against what they're going to get in from Olympic Marseille? But how much can that possibly be? Probably not a lot. Um, it's a really, really interesting one. But... I just think that, you know, it's one of those players that we, we're going to get off the books at some point. So if you can do it now and you can break free, and it works for Nuno Tavares, he can't be happy at Nottingham Forest playing the role that he is. He obviously knows what it's like to play for Marseille. It's a huge football club with incredible support. I think he'd be open to this himself. I think he'd want to do this himself. But we need to get the legalities in order 
to make this happen. Then at the moment, because of that lack of a break clause, it's Nottingham Forest who hold all the cards here. That's the latest on Nuno Tavares' future. Okay, let's take a few of your questions from the live chat before I bid you all a farewell. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Vlad says, does Kivior genuinely stand a chance of getting regular game time? Our centre-back partnership is undroppable and can't really see him being the left-back backup uh, in the long term. I agree about the left-back thing. It's not his position. It's not his game. He doesn't look great when he plays there. Um, so for me, as a left-back option, no. You're talking fourth, fifth choice in emergency situations. Like the one we find ourselves in now, where we had Zinchenko out, where we had Tommy at the Asian Cup, and we've got, obviously, Jurian Timber still on his way back from a long-term injury. I don't think Kivior has a chance, really, of, of breaching that central defensive pairing of Saliba and Gabriel, but you need backup to that. It can't just be those two every single week. The more games you play, the more rotation is going to be required. And with the Champions League, which I hope will be in next season, changing to a new format, it's even more important because there's going to be more games. What, four extra games that we have um, deeper options. And I think Kivior fits into the squad as a centre-back. Uh, but yeah, um, as a left-back, no um, and I think he's actually quite content with his role at Arsenal, if I'm being honest with you. I think there are some players that prefer to be at a bigger club, at a more competitive club, even if it means that they're bit part players. And I think there are some players that, you know, know actually they're obsessed with playing all the time. And I get that as well. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those two sort of ways of looking at it, really. But I think Kivio is quite content, at least at the moment. He's still relatively young, still knows that he's got a long way to go. I think he knows that there's a lot of interest in him in Italy. And if things don't work out over the next year or so, then he can make that move. But for now, I think he's got a place in the squad, in the group as a backup centre-back. Um, let's take this one from Hacker. Are you disappointed by the lack of business? Um, as uh, winning the window probably sets you up for the top four or a title. I mean, we heard at the start of not this season, but last season that Tottenham had won the window, I think. And how did that go? Chelsea have supposedly won a whole load of windows since Todd Bowley come in. And how's that going? I think this obsession with winning windows is, is honestly just crazy. I can't get my head around it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Um, what constitutes winning a window? You can never tell if someone's won a window until down the line when you see how those signings have worked out and whether or not they've actually improved the team or not. Um, am I disappointed with a lack of signings? Yeah, because I think that we need some. I look at Liverpool, who have been much better than I anticipated this season. I look at Man City and I think, yeah, we could still do with a bit more if we're going to run these two right down to the wire. But at the same time, we've had some really key players missing. And with the likes of Partey coming back, I do see scope for significant improvement. The fact is, we can't make signings right now. So whether I want them or not is irrelevant. And, you know, if you're going to sit all day and complain about it and, and throw your toys out of the pram, it isn't going to help. You know, I learned a very, very long time ago that you will get upset about things in life, generally speaking, that you can't control because it's human nature. But you can't dwell on things that you can't control because if you dwell on those things, you will drive yourself absolutely potty. Focus on the stuff you can control. Focus on the stuff that you can do, the stuff that is in your hands. And if you do that right, you're likely to 
you know, be happier generally speaking. And and I know this, I'm talking about life and then we're comparing it to a football club doing transfers. The point I'm trying to make is that if I went home every night after I finished work, fuming at the fact that Arsenal aren't going to do any significant business, what good does that do me personally? Nothing. And what does it change in terms of the club's position? Absolutely nothing. So I can say that I'd prefer we signed X and Y and Z and that we got those deals over the line and that there are certain positions that we need to improve. And that can be my opinion. But if I know it can't happen, what's the point in banging that drum over and over and over again? I still think that Mikel Arteta's got a good group of players there. When everybody's fit and available, he's got a really good group of players. And I think the focus needs to be on, because we know what the situation is, getting those players back to a a level of performance that we became accustomed to last season. Um, for, for a lot of players, the levels dropped off a little bit, you know, and I don't want to dig out names, but I could put Saka in that bracket. I could put Odegaard in that bracket. I know he scored a couple at the weekend, but I could put Martinelli in that bracket. There's a lot of players that I could put in that bracket. And that should be the priority of the coach. That should be what the staff are working day and night on at this moment in time. Transfers are great. And they can bring you a big boost and they can make the world of difference if you get the right players. But we can't do that right now. So the focus needs to be on the factors that we can control and nothing else. Anyway, I am going to leave it there. Thank you all so, so much for joining me. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, I will catch you all uh, very, very soon with more. Until the next one, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Um, we'll be back. Not sure if we're going to be back tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll do my very best, but I've got a crazy day tomorrow. Uh, Talksport 2 from 3 till 6 p.m. And then I'm off to Stamford Bridge for BBC London to cover the Chelsea versus Aston Villa game in the FA Cup. So, um, yeah, I'll leave uh, you guys to it. And if I get to record something tomorrow, happy days. If not, my apologies in advance. But we'll definitely 100% certainly be back on Saturday. And on Sunday, we're going to begin looking ahead to the game against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday night, which is massive, really, really is. I'll see you all soon. Until the next one, take care of yourselves. Like, subscribe, review, all the rest of it. Catch you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.